Lasting Media. Just a heads up, sometimes on my show I say things like and the occasional So, if you're around your kiddos or some easily offended friends, you might want to ditch the kids and clearly get new friends before listening. Oh, and by the way, some of the names have been changed so that certain assholes don't get their f***ing panties in a bunch. Welcome to Bad Decisions with Katie Duke, the only podcast that dives into raw and unfiltered conversations, the real shit that we all go through but never talk about. Now here's your host, Katie Duke. Good morning, my fellow shitheads. It's interesting, the topic for today, listen, you all are not shitheads. I just like to be... I just like to be really left field on this. I have had such like a restricted kind of, you know, proper life on social media and just with brand stuff and keynote speeches that I'm like, hey, you give Katie Duke a podcast and she turns into a complete fucking maniac. (laughs) But it feels good. Anyway, I love all you shitheads. It's interesting. So I went out to lunch today. I am still in Nashville. It's interesting. Here um, we went to Culver's today. We got butter burgers. Mmm, burger. And then I also had an Oreo shake. And so we ate that. And as I'm sitting down, I'm like, God, that was so good, but I'm like, I'm kind of like having dyspnea. It's hard to breathe. I'm a little uncomfortable. I'm short of breath, and I feel like my food is up to my chin. God, this is like just a completely repeating cycle for me. This has been the ups and down, in and out of my entire adult life when it comes to food. In this story is all the bad decisions I make with food. So you're probably like, I mean, Katie, everyone makes bad decisions with food. Jason's sitting here like, listen, I was there at Culver's with you. I also made bad decisions with food. Is it really a bad decision? I don't know. I mean, that's all up for debate. And another thing to consider, too, with friends and with people that we see, we even judge people based on on, on what they eat. So not only do we shame ourselves, but we judge other people based on, yeah. on what they eat. It's interesting. Whenever I post stuff on social media... Anything that's related to body acceptance or body positivity, or if I post one of my recipes on social media, I will always get some trolls coming through. And there's this one troll account that always come through and will leave comments and replies to my stories saying, diabetes, diabetes, diabetes. And I'm like, I don't fucking have diabetes, (laughs) you piece of shit. And I'm not going to get diabetes from being an emotional eater. So you can fuck off. I obviously didn't reply and say that in my head. Anyway, I block this person. They make new accounts. They come back. Mm -hmm. So there's so many times where people will food shame other people. Is that a thing? Food shaming? Well, it is now. We need to make it a thing. Hashtag food shaming. But for now, hashtag your food food shaming story. Food shaming story. I've been dealing with this up and down um, overeating issue, emotional eating issue, bad decisions when it comes to food, which basically means I have a hard time knowing when to stop. I have a hard time knowing when I am full. And I have a really, really hard time knowing, Katie, are you really hungry? Or are you just eating because you're bored or you're sad or you're lonely? Stressed. Or you're fucking stressed. And this is, I know this seems like, God, this is such a first world problem. There there are people out there who 
do not have food. They do not have clean water. There's people in the United States like that do not have food and clean water. And God, sometimes I eat so much. I eat until I feel sick to my stomach. And the food is so good when I'm eating it. And I feel so happy. There are scientific studies that we all know and we have all heard about before that prove, you know, that certain foods, particularly those that are rich in sugars or fat, are what we call very potent rewards. And they give a very conditioning stimulus to the neurotransmitters in your brain. And the thing is, is that there is a reward center in your brain. And there are certain times when that reward center goes ding, ding, ding. And when you eat food, that ding, ding, ding goes off, to put it very plainly in layman's terms. And to really understand this, we kind of have to sit there and think, what are the habits that we each possess? Everybody has the capability of having something that they, that's my weakness. I know people that are like, man, listen, I chain smoke like a maniac, sets off their little happy reward center. I know people who just love to go online shopping, reward center, boom, boom, boom. For me, it has always been food. And it is just really difficult for me to distinguish between, am I eating because I am hungry? Or am I eating because it makes me feel good and I'm looking for something to fill a void? Whether the void is, I have stress, I need to be calm. I'm lonely, I need comfort. I am bored, I need something to do. And honestly, sometimes I don't really know if any of those apply. I really just, I love food. I love cooking. It's so therapeutic to me. It is something that just makes me happy. If you guys have listened to previous episodes, you know that by the time I finally fucking decided to go to college, I started taking classes at the local community college in St. Louis where I was enrolled in a culinary program. And I wasn't in like chef's school, okay? I wasn't at like Le Cordon Bleu, okay? <laughs> I was at St. Louis Community College in Forest Park at the culinary arts program. Cooking has always been this really stable happy, comforting place in my life. But I have all these really, really great memories that revolve around food. And I think that's a huge thing in so many different cultures out there. American culture, Indian culture, you have a lot of food surrounding European culture. And, um, you know, even when you go, for instance, um, when I was in the Middle East, there are food staples in those cultures and in Indonesia where food staples are symbolic of certain moments in someone's life or time. They are not like hugely like emotional eaters. Like is eating an addiction in Thailand? Well, for tourists, yeah. Is eating an addiction in China? Is eating an addiction in Nigeria? You know, all these other places. And I'm like, is it just Americans? Are we all just kind of all fucked up or is it just me? I know it's not just me. I have always had a problem differentiating, okay, you really don't need to eat right now. You're just doing this because of your emotions. And I think that all goes back to just every moment in my life that I have kind of had something go on or something happen or needed something, food has been that one big constant. And I have all these great memories around it. Family traditions, friend traditions, monumentous moments in my own accomplishments in life. So by eating do you feel like you're trying to tap back into those past feelings of comfort and happiness 
Or is it more of I'm just I'm just eating it's, to, just to feel good? It's weird. Around the holiday time, I always want to make, if I'm not home for Thanksgiving, I'm always like, I need to make my mom's homemade rolls. It takes me back to every Thanksgiving I have ever experienced or can remember. It's the one day a year when our whole family gets together and the whole house smells like fresh baked bread. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is. Part of me wants to go back to some old memories, but I think the majority of times, if I kind of strip everything down, I just know that for that moment when I'm making it and when I'm eating it, I get this like huge surge of everything's going to be all right. And then I wake up the next day or I start scrolling through my Facebook memories or my old pictures and I see me 30 pounds lighter running the New York City Marathon in 2011. I look back at these old pictures and these old memories and stuff and I'm like, man, I remember I felt so good during this. These were like my most fit, healthy years. Emotionally, I felt great. My mentality was very positive. I was very happy. And I was running five days a week. And even during that time, I was not dieting. I've never been a good dieter. I've done keto a couple times to drop like 20 pounds. There was a point in time in my life where I weighed 210. That was when I moved from St. Louis up here, up up, up to New York. I'm five feet tall. For those of you who think I'm tall on Instagram, <laughs> I'm short. I'm five feet tall. And I weighed 210 pounds. That's a lot for someone who is five feet tall. If I was 5'8", that 210 would probably look beautiful. And not that I didn't look beautiful at 210, five feet, but I was uncomfortable and I just didn't feel like myself. But I wasn't working out. So I know that there's different perspectives to this story. You're emotionally eating, you're eating a lot of food, but you are finding balance between working out and maintaining an active, healthy, fit lifestyle. And this is a good balance of things because you're probably having a lot more stress-relieving activity with running and working out, and you might not be eating as much emotionally from that. Versus the other perspective, which is my current state, which is where I am just kind of eating whatever I want, whenever I want, making stuff that makes me feel good for that moment. And then later on that day, or when I have to put my jeans on, or I have to use the looser strap on the bra, God, I really need to get back to that old thing. But then I just can't stop. I turn right back around and I go right back and I make rolls or I make cinnamon rolls or I I make mac and cheese. I just, I make these things that I associate with just this like secure, happy satisfy me sort of (laughs) feelings. And I'm not running five days a week. I'm not really working out. There's a lot of triggers that I have that can trigger my comfort eating, my emotional overeating. But there are also moments where not only other people will food shame, but I shame myself. And I will literally wake up in the morning and I'll be like, you know, today's going to be the day where I, I stick to it. I stick to eating more healthy, well-balanced food, and I make sure that I get on that treadmill and I make sure that I balance things out and I make sure that I drink more water, okay? Simple goals. Something happens during the day or I get bored or I see something on Instagram and I'm like, oh my God, that looks so good. I want to make that or I want to eat that. And next thing you know is I'm like, God, why do you why do, you do this to yourself? Why can you not make a goal and stick to it. You're an unmotivated, lazy person and you have zero willpower. That is you shaming you. me talking to myself. Yeah. 
Like who? I'm a I'm in a domestic <laughs> abusive relationship with myself. Yeah, right. I'm exactly. Totally, I need to call the yeah. fucking hotline, but uh, yeah. I'm I'm <laughs> right. I'm totally yeah. serious yeah. though. We and, do that. We do that. And I will really get into it. God, why can't I what is my problem or what is the issue that I just don't ever stick to the things I say? I really feel like I have zero willpower when it comes to food. When I look back on that time when I was training for the marathon and running the marathon and in just like the fit of health, this was eight years ago. I was like 29, 30 years old. I was younger, which I mean, it's not the only excuse, but it's a contributing factor. Single? I, I was single. But I also only had one job. I worked as a nurse. I was not in school. I was not balancing any side hustles. This was literally right when we finished filming the TV show. And it was just for season one. And it was like all I had to do with my time was go work my three 12-hour shifts a month, a week, and come home. We'd hang out with friends. We would actually like go out on the weekend and stuff. Like I had so much spare time. I think another one of my triggers is that the more packed and demanding and accountable my schedule gets, the more I need comfort or things that I just really enjoy or that make me feel good. And then I do those things, eat something or make something. I choose to sleep in instead of get on the treadmill. And then I start shaming myself. And I really, I really feel bad. Like for instance, today when we went to Culver's, I was so excited to go there and try this stuff, and we ate it, and it was amazing, and I enjoyed the lunch, and we all had the same thing, and we're all different shapes and sizes. Danielle sitting next to me is 5'11", and she's a size, you know, maybe four, five, six. Yeah. She's beautiful, and, you know, she could be a size 10, a size 16, either way, still beautiful, but I'm like, we're all eating the same stuff. This is cool. I know these guys aren't going to food shame me, but in the back of my head, I'm like, Katie, you told yourself earlier that you're going to cut back on the carbs and the sugar. You're going to cut back on the fast food. Why are you not capable of sticking to this decision? Why do you have no accountability yourself and why do you have no willpower? And if you notice, it took me a little longer to finish my burgers because I was having like a World War Six in my head Mm -hmm. going back and forth with this. But I was just like, but it's so good. And I'm like, I have a food addiction. I 100% have a food addiction. I wish I was one of those people who, when they get stressed out, they're like, I can't eat. I'm just so stressed. <laughs> I've been so overworked. I just have no appetite. What? <laughs> Wait, do you know anybody like that? <laughs> can you sign? Is that something uh, you sign you, up for? Can, can I sign up for? <laughs> can we sign? Is that a subscription service? <laughs> yeah. I have actually, so there's a social worker at my old hospital. Her name was Elise. I love Elise. She is just, has the most soothing voice and presence and energy. And she is taking some training courses on intuitive eating. And she's going to eventually go in and open up her own practice and counseling. And I would always like curbside consult her at the hospital. I'm like, so I totally ate a whole bunch of shit last night. And I just feel bad. Elise, what's wrong with me, please? And she's like, I think you need to see a therapist. I think you're right. And I know I do. I 100% know I need to see a therapist. I know I need to learn about intuitive eating, which means you can really start to train your brain to say, Katie, you're not hungry. You might just need something else at the moment. What would that something else be? That something else might be call a friend. I might need to feel some love or affection. Mm -hmm. Maybe I'm lonely. Go out for a walk. Go to Starbucks. Get a coffee. Go bathe the dog. You're bored. 
she's like, you really need to kind of pick between those moments. Are you eating because you're emotional or are you eating because you're hungry? And I was like, I can't differentiate the two. Mm-hmm. But she really kind of helped me realize that, like, I don't need to feel bad about having these issues because she's like, I've actually had some issues like that, too. And when I tell you, if I could be like, hi, I would like to manufacture my body, I would be so satisfied if I got hers. (laughs) I mean, she is banging. That's crazy. I would have never thought that you've ever had this issue in your head. Triggers and shaming and, and these feels that we feel when we battle ourselves in our own head, it fucks with me every day. And I think that one of the biggest things that I know that I need to start doing is I I need to kind of admit the fact that I'm really bad at doing this on my own. Have you ever had to be like, I admit that I need to get therapy. This is a problem. I don't think we do because it's easier to eat than it is to admit you have a problem. We're predisposed to not admit. It's not comfortable for us to admit that we have an issue, any issue, whether it's eating or something else. It's, It's much easier eating than admitting there's an issue. Yeah, Because we've, exactly. we've been predisposed not to say we have any problems. We've been predisposed to think we can't talk to other people about problems. We've not been taught growing up that people comfort eat. Yeah. we. That's not something you learn in school. It's definitely not. It's something that's really common, I think. Some people are better at talking about it than other people. Some people are like, no, usually if I need to comfort eat, I'll just go grab a bag of Sour Patch Kids and I'm done with it versus me who will make an entire box of Kraft macaroni and cheese and eat the whole thing. I'll order Domino's and I will eat a whole order of Domino's cheesy bread by myself. Is that ever really necessary? No. And that feels so good. And then when I'm done, I'm like, what did I just do? I guess we can kind of look at it like this. I know that I need therapy. I know that I need somebody to help gather me through this, help me navigate this. Give you tools. To Give navigate. me tools. But I need to see that other people out there have the same issue. Because right now I feel like I am just completely out of control. Next time on Bad Decisions. Sometimes I'm just like, gee, I would much rather be that fucking bitch with a six pack, you know, abs and having an eating problem than be the person who I am right now who has not worn a regular bra in three weeks. Bad Decisions is hosted by Katie Duke and is a production of Lasting Media. The show is produced by Katie Duke, Jason Barrett, John Fender, and Jonas Litton. Do you have a bad decision you'd like to share? Visit baddecisionspodcast.com and submit your story for a chance to be featured on the show. For all things Katie Duke, visit katiedukeonline.com and on social media at the Katie Duke. So I'm sure you guys have heard me talk about my partnership with the Resume RX. Amanda is a nurse practitioner, and she and I have known each other for several years. In fact, we met when she did my complete resume makeover when I was applying for my first NP job many years ago. And she has since then launched so many amazing products and services for nurses, nursing students, 
NP students and nurse practitioners that have really helped people take their career path control into their own hands. So I want to tell you about a couple different products and services that she offers that all Bad Decisions podcast listeners can get a discount to. If you go to theresumerx.com forward slash bad decisions, you can get 20% off select digital products and services. The first thing that she has is she has a nurse resume template bundle, which full price is $27, and it gives you access to tons of fill-in-the-blank solutions for your resume and cover letter to help you stand out. And she sold more than 10,000 of these. You actually get six different designs that are completely customizable. And it works for both grad students and nursing students as well. The second thing I want to tell you about is that she also has this really phenomenal weekend resume makeover program. The weekend resume makeover is self-paced. It's half the investment of a custom service, and it will walk you step-by-step through writing a resume and cover letter that will help you land your dream job. Take your career into your own hands and check out her services and check out her products. Again, I've used them myself, and I wouldn't be promoting them if I didn't believe in them. So go to theresumerx.com slash bad decisions and use the code bad decisions for 20% off.